God always does stuff in my life that it's gotten to the point where I'm never surprised by anything. And, and so, because uh, he's done so many incredible things in my life, and really walked into that locker room in the Bills locker room when I was there for a visit, and I saw you know Josh's locker, Tanner's locker, and I'm just like, man, this is this is crazy going back to to play with my guys again, and pretty surreal. But I'm I'm really excited about it. Welcome into the Wild Sports Podcast. I am your host, David Graff. Joined alongside me, as always, my co-host, Robert Munoz. We have a very special episode today for you. We're going to be joined by Wild Sports Cowboys football and basketball beat writer, Michael Katz. And then Robert and I talked with newly signed Buffalo Bills tight end, Jacob Hollister. So we're excited to share that interview with you. And Talk to Cats about spring football. Spring football practices kicked off yesterday. Of course, they're not allowing anybody other than uh, the players, coaches, and uh, no one else really into practices. So nobody has seen any of the spring practices as far as we know. But uh, we're going to talk to Cats about that a little bit. Robert, how are you doing today? Doing wonderful, Mr. David Graff. It's another great day, and uh, it's a great day when Cats can start writing about some Cowboys football again. And like he just said, we don't have to worry about whether or not there is going to be a season this fall. Yeah, it's a pretty cool feeling. Cats, what are your feelings heading into spring football here? My biggest feeling is that spring is a strong word because it's freezing right now. But uh, that's just the Californian me complaining. Uh, It's so nice just to uh, not have to be worrying about what things are going to look like in a few months. And, uh, you know, this time last year, everything had just been shut down and uh, spring football had been canceled and everything was just sort of hanging in the balance. And it's nice that, you know, not everything's back to normal right now, but it's starting to resemble normal. And I, and I will take, I will take zoom calls forever if it means that we get to have seasons. So yeah, no doubt. It's it's certainly exciting, especially like we were talking about before we started recording, the fact that there's 100% certainty there will be a full fall football season unless there is an apocalypse and I'm not I'm not calling it an apocalypse, but I'm not We're really not doing that. Out. Nope. <laughs> not ruling anything out at this point. But let, let's let's really dive in here to spring football. The most important thing is that kicker John Hoyland got a scholarship, but that's not, that's probably not what everybody wants to talk about. Everybody really wants to talk about the quarterbacks. So let's talk about the quarterbacks. What do you think they're going to be looking for in this spring season? I'll tell you what, uh, you know, availability with quarterbacks is always a little bit hit or miss, especially. Uh, since Sean Chambers is coming off an injury and all that stuff. But, you know, we got him first day yesterday and I have not seen him as like happy in the you know year and a half that I've, I've covered this team. He was just smiling ear to ear. Uh, you know, I know he, he has a new number this year and Craig Bowl said he was a little bit thrown off. He was like, who's number two? Uh, Cause that's his, that's his, that's his number now. But 
uh, he just he and he admitted it. He said this is the happiest he's been in in, in a while. And and he said he was, you know, he actually had some thoughts over the offseason about whether, you know, football was still for him after three season ending injuries in a row. He said he, you know, he went to some dark places and yeah, with help from family and teammates, he found his way out and he just has this new sort of fresh perspective. And so that, that was that was really good to see that he's, you know, in a in a good place mentally. And as far as you know, what to see this spring, I, I think one thing that maybe, you know, we, we didn't talk about last year was we all knew Sean was obviously hurt. Uh, Levi was pretty beat up, too. Uh, he like, as, as Craig said, there were times during the week where he couldn't lift his arm 90 degrees. Uh, and then he had to go out there and throw. Uh, and so to have both those guys, you know, Sean's practicing and he's not going to be very limited, uh, per, per Craig and, and Sean himself and Levi's a hundred percent. And so I, I you know, it, it's always, you always get the sort of spring football, every position is open and, you know, it's it, we're, we're just looking for competition blah 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 but I, I think it was pretty obvious last year and I think Craig made it pretty clear that you know Sean was their guy and when he went down it, there was I don't I don't know if drop off is the right word but there's a reason that Sean was named the starter and there's no reason to think that that wouldn't be the case again but I, I think with a new system, you know, Tim Polisic now running things and uh, just getting used to, to all the new stuff. I think, I don't know if it's, it's a, if it's a level playing field, but I think it's, it's an interesting sort of competition because now everybody's learning something new. And, uh, you know, I, I still would imagine it's Sean's job to lose, but you know, a, a healthy Levi Williams is a different cat and, we haven't seen a healthy Levi Williams since like the Colorado state game. Cause I think that's when he started taking the hard hits. And so uh, with both guys healthy, I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they pick up this new offense. You know, let's not mistake it. It's not going to be the air raid, but it will be something new. And uh, I, 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 you know, I don't know. How, can, can you learn a ton from spring practice, especially when we're not there? Of course not. But uh, I, I, I think I think the coaching staff and the quarterbacks will, are going to have a better read on where they are uh, in five weeks is how long they get. Uh, I think it's, it's going to be interesting to, to kind of see how each progresses. And if Sean holds on to that role that I think we all kind of assume he is still kind of in. I know it, all eyes are kind of looking on the offensive end, but there's a there's I mean, on the defensive side of the ball and the safety position, Brom Weber is coming back. And you, you talked about battling for positions. Do you see the two guys, Braden Smith and Gandy, starting again this season? Um, do you see Rome Weber coming in and taking that spot again? So that's one of my, like, the most interesting things about this spring practice. Because, yeah, you know, spring kind of is what it is usually. But there's this added element this year where – guys who opted out uh and i mean we're not talking like bench warmers we're talking solomon bird and rome and mario mora and guys who uh were entrenched starters coming back and it's you know i i i kind of asked craig and uh we talked to chad muma you know how do these guys kind of get themselves back into the locker room after you know 
last year, you know, Craig, there were some, I don't know, hard feelings is the right term, but uh, I don't know if everybody necessarily agreed with everyone else's decision to opt out. And, uh, you know, that can kind of be an awkward thing in a locker room when guys come back and it's like, hey, we're, we're, we're back. And the other guys are like, hey, well, where were you for, you know, the last few months? And I, I think that's going to be something interesting to follow is, you know, I asked Craig, do these guys just get their jobs back? And he said, no, it's spring. Every position is open, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it, it's not like the guys who they put in there struggled. I mean, they were good. And so, um, you know, the D-line played really, really well last year. The secondary really came on late in the season. And so uh, with Braden and, and Gandy back there, it, it, it's hard not to see – Rome Weber, you know, obviously, you know, getting into some sort of a rotation or something, but I don't know if, if he just gets his spot back. And I don't know if Solomon Bird just takes over a defensive end and, and, you know, the other guys just now get on the bench. I don't, I don't know. If, I don't think Craig works like that. I think he wants guys to kind of earn those spots. And uh, I think there is something to be said for sort of, you know, kind of earning, kind of earning the team's trust back in a way and sort of, um, you know, I, I, you know, Solomon is, is their best pass rusher and I think he's going to have to earn it. And Rome was, is their most talented safety and, and he's going to have to earn it. Uh, Cause you know, the, the, those two guys did a really nice job back there and uh, whether it's, it's a rotation, whether Rome is the starter and, you know, one of the other guys is, is a, a you know, second string or whatever you, you want to call it. Uh, it's, you know, it's hard not to, to see them all playing because they all played so well, but it's this whole idea of, of starters and, 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 uh, and backups is kind of going to be blurred, I think for a bit, because there's just so much depth on pretty much every college football team right now. Uh, because no one, you know, unless you were a draftable prospect, no one left. And so there's, there's, it's going to be really interesting around college football to sort of monitor how, uh, you know, guys come back from opting out. Cause you know, not everybody was welcome with open arms, you know, Wyoming has, you know, by all accounts, it, it's, everybody's kind of over it. And they said, okay, if you're here, you're with us, but uh, it's it's going to be fascinating to see if if guys just uh, you know if if you throw them in and say okay so, you know Rome it, it's your spot I don't think it works like that here and I think Craig would probably tell you that I'd say there's certainly excitement heading into next season especially if one both all of them all the quarterbacks are healthy that's certainly kind of where it starts what what do you think the excitement level is around this team heading into next season. You know, there were times last year when it was, it was visibly frustrating for everybody involved. Uh, when Craig, his, I don't, I don't know if you guys remember his year and his year end uh, press conference, but like he got a little feisty, like uh, it was the most heated I've seen him. And, and I think, you know, after, you know, seven months of it just sort of boiling over. Uh, I think it kind of comes to a point where you're like, okay, like we just need to put 2020 behind us. Like this sucked and let's just go forward. And that's kind of the vibe I got. And, uh, 
I think I think everybody is really really upset with how last season went for a, a lot of reasons. You know, one, uh, you know, Sean getting hurt on the third play of the game or whatever it, it was. Uh, really, I mean, that puts it behind the eight ball for the rest of the season. But you know, just with the way they lost games, and uh, you know, it was it was brutal the the, the way that some of those games happened and. Uh, you know, this this was a team that really thought in a normal situation should have been a, a legit Mountain West contender with, you know, how the 2019 season ended and everything they had coming back. And it, it, for a lot of reasons, it, it didn't work. And I think I think we're sort of seeing that. I don't, I don't know if I'd say they've been humbled, but I think there's a team that is really, really excited to prove that, you know, this is a consistent, you know, bowl, not correct bowl, but bowl, uh, bowl eligible type team that, you know, that two and four was an aberration. That's not what this program is anymore. And I think there's a lot of people uh, in the locker room that want to show that, that, you know, they are that contender that people thought they were in the preseason. Yeah, uh, I think they'll get back to that spot for sure. We talked some position battles and uh, maybe some expectations, but I want to know what Michael Katz is most anxious to see over the next few months and coming from the Cowboy football team. Uh, other than John Hoyland, uh, I would say, uh, you know, it's like how many times can you hear about the re-engineered offense uh, before like we actually understand what that means? Uh, I think we just need to, and again, you're not going to learn a ton from a spring game because that's going to be the only opportunity that we actually see it. Uh, and, you know, teams tend to keep things pretty vanilla during the spring and that's, you know, it's understandable, but uh, it's, you know, how does that, this whole thing develop? How does Tim Polisek kind of put his trademark on, on this offense that has been quite stagnant for a couple years now? Um, because, you know, you look at the defense, it was a top 25 scoring defense last year under Jay Savelle's for the first year. And you have to imagine that's only going to get better, especially with the opt-out guys coming back. And so that's, you know, they're going to hold up their end of the bargain. It really comes down to what does this this new offensive philosophy look like? Is it, uh, you know, it's it's from all accounts, it's not reinventing the wheel, but I think the wheel has to make sure it doesn't get random flat tires. And that's kind of what it, it's been doing the last couple of years. And I, I think that's for me, that's kind of the obvious one is, is how does this offense develop? And uh, you know, the other one that I'm kind of curious about is you know, how do the wide receivers develop? Because that's the other thing is, you know, when you've got Isaiah Nayer who averaged 31 yards a catch or whatever it was, but he only kept, caught eight balls, uh, you know, in my, I'm not a football coach, but like maybe that guy needs the ball a little bit more. And so, you know, I think how he develops, how Aiden Everhart develops, how some of these younger guys develop um, is going to be important. And then uh, I'm curious with the running back room too, because, you know, obviously you have Valaday and, and Trey Smith coming back, but you know, Titus Swan is back. Dwayne McNeely's still there, uh, who was the third guy last year. And then you've got all these young guys and, you know, I know there's always going to be carries to be had in a Wyoming offense, but that's a lot of hungry mouths to feed. And so I'm curious to kind of see how it 
it shakes up after after X and and Trey in terms of you know which one of those guys kind of gets gets that third uh, that third job uh, because there's there's I mean, and it's a good problem to have that many talented backs, but I do think that's something that has to be sorted out because I don't think you can just go into a a season with a top two and then just the sort of free for all underneath it. Yeah, there's certainly going to be plenty to watch for, although we are not going to get to see it really until the culmination of the spring game. And we're going to give some spring game predictions on the other side here. Right now, we want to go to Jacob Hollister, the newly signed tight end for the Buffalo Bills. He joins former Poke Josh Allen as well up there with the Bills. So we talked about that with him, and we talked about – playing some music we talked a lot of music actually so uh enjoy this interview with jacob hollister and on the other side cats robert myself we're all going to give a spring game prediction all right we are thrilled now to be joined by one of the newest members from the buffalo bills jacob hollister jacob how are you doing today how's how's it been with the nfl offseason I'm doing great. Obviously, uh, with COVID, it's, it's been uh, just constant adjustments with, you know, figuring out um, when we're going back to the offseason for OTAs and, and everything like that. But it's really been amazing. Uh, I got to go home and bend for a little bit, and now I'm out in Nashville. That's where I'm making home and, and just got a house out here. So I'm excited about it. That's pretty cool. What, what brought you to Nashville? I know your brother has played for the Titans here recently, but uh, what do you like about Nashville? Uh, I mean, Nashville is just, I feel like it's the first place that I, I've been to other than Ben, where I really just felt at home. Um, and obviously my brother being here was a big pull for me too. Um, and also the, you know, the music scene and, and just the people in general, it's just a great place to be. Um, so I just love it. It's, it's just a great place to call home. Yeah, no doubt. I, I can see why you would want to live in Nashville. It's, it's got a lot going for it. Let's hop to one of your old homes here, Seattle. Want to go back. It was an incredible tight end room this past season with you, Will Disley, and Greg Olson, as well as Luke Wilson there occasionally. What was it like just being around all those guys, you know, competing and and trying to get better every single day? That was incredible. It's, uh, you know, whenever you have a room like we did, uh, in Seattle, it's pretty special. You know, we just had we had a lot of guys, um, a lot of different personalities, a lot of awesome personalities. Uh, those guys that love to get better and, and also have fun doing it. So I really loved working with those guys. and Really have uh, gotten close to a lot of them, so it's been pretty cool. You're back in the AFC East. What's something that stood out to you during your time over on the West Coast playing in the NFC West? Because that's a, that's a tough division over there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. I think uh, just the realization that every team is, is really talented and really good, that you can't take any, any game lightly. Because, um, you know, like you said, it's a really good division. Uh, and same goes with, with really every division in the NFL. But I think that was the biggest thing is just knowing that no matter what, uh, you got to prepare like the best team in the NFL. You just touched a little bit about the music scene down in Nashville. Uh, what what does what's Jacob Hollister listening to? What who's your favorite artist right yeah. now? Man, I listen to everything. Honestly, uh, one of my favorite artists is Rustin Kelly. Um, just love his stuff. Love his lyrics. I just love good lyrics. And then me, and my brother, 
um, also, you know, write songs and play. Uh, my brother's a lot further along than I am, but um, that's something that we enjoy to do. And, and uh, he's super talented and taught me guitar and started writing songs. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, but I listen to everything, man. I'm I'm everything from country to reggae to rap, and uh, I like it all. What are you contributing to the band here with your brother? Are Are you contributing <laughs> lyrics, playing you know drums, guitar? Yeah. What do you got? Yeah, so I play guitar. Um, I played guitar for three years now. So my brother taught me, and I and I sing and and write songs, and my brother does the same. So um, it's a lot of fun, man. Yeah, we. Uh, we have a chance now to, to live together, you know, in the same city. So we'll get to play play a lot more together and write some songs. It'll be a lot of fun. So you're back in Buffalo with Josh and Tenor Gentry. Does does it seem a little surreal to you? Because, I mean, it seems unlikely for you guys to wind up together again uh, in the NFL. It is, man. But honestly, you know, God God always does stuff in my life. that It's gotten to the point where I'm never surprised by anything. And, and so... Uh, He's done so many incredible things in my life, and really walked into that locker room in the Bills locker room when I was there for a visit, uh, and I saw you know Josh's locker, Tanner's locker, and I'm just like, man, this is this is crazy going back to to play with my guys again, and um, it's pretty surreal, but I'm I'm really excited about it. Brian Dable has proven that he can run a high-powered offense. He can give his playmakers opportunities to make plays. What do you think he's going to do to fit you into the scheme and allow you to make plays well what i think that he does an incredible job with is is using the um using the talents that his players do have uh just and the tools that they have all in the right ways to to put them in positions to be successful and so i feel confident that he's going to do that with me you know as a as a player you just you want to get to the point where you just don't see much weaknesses and, and when you do have weaknesses you you work on them and try to eliminate him so I feel like he just does such a great job uh with knowing his players and, and putting them in position to be you know successful at the end of the day so I know that he's going to do that with me and I'm excited about it what are you most excited about reconnecting with Josh have you talked to him at all did you talk to him you know when you're like hey man I think I might be joining you in Buffalo are you as pumped as I am yeah no I talked to him uh I talked to him the day the day before I, you know, committed to, to signing there. Um, and he just had great things to say about it. Um, you know, he was obviously excited and and uh, all that to get the guys back together. It would be, be a lot of fun. But, um, yeah, man, he's just – Josh is such a baller. So, it's just had so much respect for not only the player that he is, but the man that he is and the leader. So, I think that, you know, that's what I'm most excited about, is just being in a huddle with him again. Obviously, you're you're probably keeping in touch with him and watching his game. How do you think he's progressed? You know, since you guys were both in Laramie together. Uh, I mean, it'd be a list for pages, honestly, if, if I wrote them all down. But um, you know, he's always had all the qualities to be just an incredible player, and he always has been. Um, and that competitiveness that he has is, is a big part of that. Uh, but I've just seen his maturity so much. Uh, watching him play just in the confidence that he has. Uh, but the thing, I mean, the thing that I love about Josh is that he, he's just such a playmaker and he has that ice in his veins where he always, um, he's always looking to make a play and you've just seen him mature so much in the way that he makes smart decisions 
Um, I mean, he's still hurdling, hurdling guys and stuff like that, which uh, that's just who he is. That's his competitiveness, and I love it. But uh, there's, you know, a list that I could go on for days in the ways that he's improved and matured, and um, that's why I'm just so excited to get to Buffalo and play. You've taken a giant leap the previous two seasons. I mean, you've been uh, you've been putting up a lot of numbers, and you've definitely been productive and have been making plays. How do you think maybe this chemistry you have with Josh, this reconnection, will allow you to make an even bigger leap than what you have the past two seasons? Uh, yeah, I think that. Well, I think that when it comes to your your quarterback relationship, it's just all about chemistry and and uh, being on the same page. And so, you know, I know that that's going to be a big part um, in taking the next step is, you know, you never want to look ahead and it's just focusing on on today. And so for me, you know, especially on a new team, the number one thing that I want to do is earn everybody's respect. And so that's my number one concern right now. I'm not worried about stats or touchdowns, all that stuff. I just want to earn everybody's respect. And I know that um, everything else kind of takes care of itself. In Seattle, you kind of had a knack for being there for Russ in terms of just whenever there was a, a big play that needed to be made, whether it was a crucial first down at the end of the game or, oh, wow, he's wide open in the end zone. Let's get it to Hollister. How do you think you're going to be able to do those same things in Buffalo with a guy that you've known for a long time? I think it goes back to what I was saying, just with, with the chemistry aspect and building that, building that trust with somebody uh, – just knowing that you're going to be a guy who's going to give everything, uh, every snap. Just knowing that if you, you know if he's scrambling, which I know that Josh loves to do, that you're going to make a move and and be sudden and get open. And so that's what it's all about at the end of the day is, is getting open, winning on your one on ones and uh, making plays. So you know I, I feel confident in that, and I feel obviously feel confident in Josh's ability too. You say get open, and if it was as easy as you're making it sound and you make it look on the field, it seems like a lot more guys would be doing it. How is it that you're able to do that? Uh, I think that you learn, you know, there's obviously physical traits that you need to have uh, to get into the NFL and, and sustain it and, uh, you know, get better and better. But at the same time, the mental aspect, you know, learning the way that guys think and the way that defenders think. Uh, using different techniques, using your eyes, your head, uh, your hips, just different different ways of running routes. Um, you know, thinking smarter uh, in the way that you run routes and, and setting routes up to look exactly the same. That way that the defenders are just guessing. That's really, the at the end of the day, the way that you can get open in, in the NFL. Uh, the, the room for air is usually really small, so you know, a few inches sometimes is the difference between getting open and not. So that's stuff that you learn through the years. Now, the last time you came on the pod, you said you and your brother would probably still be able to form a pretty dangerous quarterback-receiver combination, especially in comparison to you and Josh. So now that you got you and Josh are reconnected in the NFL, do you want to walk that back at all? <laughs> You know, I think I'll take it back at this point. Uh, you know, watching Josh play at, at an MVP level last year, I'm like, you know, the fact that I can't throw it over 40 yards anymore, uh, I don't know if, I don't know if that would hold true today, you know. So <laughs> I think I'll take back that. <laughs> <laughs> the final four is set. Jacob, who, 
who do you have advancing to the championship and who do you have winning this year's NCAA tournament? No, I'm actually going to be honest with you. I haven't even watched one game. So I don't even, I don't even know who's in. That's embarrassing to say because I make a, I make a bracket every year. Um, but I've actually been doing kind of a cleanse of, of not watching TV uh, and trying not to get on social media as much. And so um, I could tell you what new guitar strings I'm learning and stuff like that, but that's about it. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, I like that. I like that a lot. So, so tell us, tell us what guitar strings or chords that you're learning right now. Or I meant to say chords. So I'm, I'm learning my bar, my bar chords right now. So the, like B, you got a an F, you got a you got a bar, and so I'm trying to learn that. It's uh, frustrating. It gets tiring on the wrist. So I'm I'm learning that one right now. <laughs> I, w- I want to wrap it up in kind of Buffalo fashion. Where's your favorite place to get wings? So I only had wings from one spot when I was there. I'm trying to think of the name, but it was absolutely incredible. They uh, catered some wings into the facility. And honestly, I've never been huge on wings, and I had them there. And I was like, oh, man, it's gonna, this is going to be an issue because I had them with the blue cheese, and I was like, oh, man. I'm going to be at this spot every day. So I'm excited to dig more into that for sure. But, but yeah, I've never, I haven't really had much, much wings. They have some great hot chicken here in Nashville, but that's it. All right. What about hot chicken? What's that? Where's your oh, favorite Patty, place so to here, get hot chicken in Nashville? Cause I mean, you're, you're Hattie in the B's. Mecca of fried chicken. Yeah. Hattie B's here in, in Nashville. They're really good. So you're a blue cheese guy. Uh, I saw on Twitter, uh, Emmanuel Sanders didn't like blue cheese until he got to Buffalo. He said it was the best blue cheese he had ever had. So, I mean, at least he'll have your uh, your fair share of delicious blue cheese over there in Buffalo. No doubt, man. I'm in on it. I'm all in. <laughs> well, we really appreciate you being all in and giving us some time here. It's always good to catch up. Yeah. Jacob Hollister the newest pass catcher for the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. And I think a lot more people are going to be even more people than there already are, are tuning in to Buffalo Bills games out here in Wyoming. Really appreciate the time, Jacob. For sure. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Jacob Hollister. We certainly appreciate his time and shout out to Michael Bumpkin, who helps represent Jacob and help get us get him on the podcast. We really appreciate him setting that up as always. And open invitation for Mr. Hollister, for Jacob and his brother, Cody. If both, we, we want to sample some of their music, man. If they want to share some of it on the podcast or, you know, whatever. We, we'd love that. We'd be, we're all about that. You know, Robert and I are always asking everybody music questions Billy Joel to pop smoke doesn't matter what what we're we're just jamming over here we're always jamming so open invitation for that we're gonna wrap up the podcast here with some spring game predictions obviously none of us are gonna see any of the spring practices so the spring game is really gonna be the one and only chance that we have to see the pokes here before the 2021 fall season gets going so I'm looking forward to it I'm, I'm, I'm honestly the spring game, just kind of football, warm weather, warmish weather, hopefully in May. You never know. It snowed at my graduation in Laramie in May. So you 
absolutely never know what the weather is going to be like. But going to keep our fingers crossed here, especially since the weather has been fairly spring-like here recently. Katz is shaking his head like, are you sure? Are you sure? I mean, it's, in Casper here, it's going to get to like 60 degrees today. Uh, I'm going to rip this white shirt off and maybe throw a tank top on, get some short shorts going, just be reckless out here in Casper. But enough about the weather. Spring game. It's on May 8 at War Memorial Stadium. I'm not going to make any huge prediction, but I think that Levi Williams throws for more touchdowns in the spring game than he did last season, which is big talk considering that when we talked to Chad Lystico about Tim Polisek and his new offense, it, it, there's going to be a lot of handoffs, a lot of handoffs for Xavier Valde and Trey Smith. But I still think that, Levi Williams on the board, two touchdowns, spring game. Passing, two passing touchdowns. Robert, what about you? Um, I mean, yeah, bold predictions. You got to let it fly out there and uh, you got to see what's what's going to be – What's I mean, what's going to work? You try it out, why not? But I don't uh, – my predictions for the spring game, I don't know. Um. I think we'll see a whole lot of Levi Williams, like you said, doing uh, doing what he does. And who knows, maybe he will throw those two touchdowns. Maybe he'll throw a third. Shoot, man. You kind of got me thinking here. I, don't, I haven't really thought too much about this. Kind of like Cats, I'm anxious to see about the wide receivers and see who, who steps up. Uh, I'd like to see Aiden Eberhardt take that next step. So um, maybe he'll catch a couple of those touchdowns from Levi and uh, definitely solidify himself as a number one. That would be, that'd be interesting to see. Um, but I don't know. That's about all I have on that right now. I uh, have to think a little more. We've got plenty of time before the spring game to make even more predictions off of football that we haven't seen anything from. You know, that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. Katz is going to be the one who's in all of the press conferences leading up to the spring game. So he'll have a little bit more information, but he won't have seen anything. Still, Katz, any spring game predictions that you want to put out there for the people? I think assuming he plays and it's, it sounds like they, they limit contact during the spring on quarterbacks anyway. Um, but assuming that he is full go and doing what he's doing now, I think Sean Chambers pretty clearly establishes himself as QB one uh, over, over the spring. And uh, again, I, I don't know if what, the reps are going to look like in the spring game. I, if anyone touches him, I'm imagining that they're going to have to sit out for a while. I just, I think at this point, that's a no, no. Uh, but uh, I, I just think that everything is sort of pointing to this being, and I know it's like, how many times can you say that? Like, this is the year that, you know, he does the thing, but uh, I, I think this is the year where, again, assuming health and that's a big assumption I, th I really think this is the year he takes the reins. And I think this offense is, it seems kind of tailor-made for him. Uh, it just in terms of, you know, obviously, yeah, it's going to be run heavy. But I think the emphasis on play action passing uh, is really going to be good for Sean. Uh, 
You know, I think Sean has to learn how to take hits and slide it out of bounds a little bit better. And I think he'll tell you that too. But I just think that uh, it, it's, I think him and Tim Polisek are going to be a good match. And, uh, you know, assuming uh, everything stays on course, uh, I really do think that, you know, at the end of the spring, it's going to be pretty clear that Sean is the guy. That leads me to a follow-up question. I've been on the Sean Chambers bandwagon since he first walked around to campus. I saw him walking around. I'm like, that guy should be the quarterback. I hadn't even seen him in practice or anything. Just the way he carries himself is a leader. And you see it on the field in the way that his teammates respond. And I I stick to that. I really do. Do you think that Levi Williams kind of blew his chance this past season? It's – it's tough because you hate to throw that on a you know 19 year old or whatever he was at the time but uh he didn't help himself you know he had you know he he lost the battle during this uh, during the fall uh and it was pretty clear that sean won that job and i he he yeah, I know he was beat up and, you know, losing your starting quarterback, it's going to screw you up. I don't care how good your backup is. Uh, you know, not everybody is Alabama where you've got a five-star kid waiting in the wings. You know, it doesn't just happen like that in most places. And so, yeah, I, I hate to say that a, a kid as young and talented as Levi blew it, but he he had every opportunity to at least – throw himself in the conversation that when both are healthy, this is a legitimate competition. And I just, I don't think that anybody who watched last year can say, again, we only saw three plays of Sean, but can legitimately say this should be an open quarterback competition because Levi didn't exactly uh, light it up. And that's not all on him. There were a lot of things that went wrong last year, but uh, he, uh, you know, he he had basically six whole games to, to kind of insert himself in the conversation. And, uh, you know, for the most part, he, I don't think he did himself any favors. And of course it's, it's, it's a new year, new offense. Things could be different. Uh, but, you know, last year I think was a really good opportunity for him to, to sort of, you know, make a name for himself and sort of make it known that he's in this thing too. And uh, I, I just don't know if, if uh, I don't, I don't want to say that ship has sailed because I think he's going to get every chance to compete and all that stuff. But I think it would take an astronomic spring from him to really put himself in the conversation. Well, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I think he still has a big arm. He still makes big plays. He has, a knack for the moment. You did see that. It didn't necessarily show up in terms of wins and losses last season, but when it when the team was in games, he he fought back admirably, and that's something that you want from a, a quarterback. So I, I agree with you. Not didn't really do any favors, and the the lone passing touchdown is just a huge huge mark against him. Whether whether you look at the stats or not, you come back to that, and it's just like, man, that's tough. It's tough. And it goes back to Robert 
what he, what he thinks from the spring game, the wide receivers have to step up as well. So, you know, the offense is really one of those things that as soon as it gets going, who knows what, what the future holds for Wyoming football. We'll certainly be waiting excitedly to watch the spring game and going into the fall. We appreciate Michael Katz's time. We'll be back next week again. Just want to say, if you haven't followed Michael Katz on Twitter, Michael L. Katz with a Z. The guy kills it on Twitter. He's always got every update when it comes to Pokes football. Then we got Robert R. Munoz 307 on Twitter as well. Myself, at Mr. David Graff. Really appreciate everybody who has listened to the podcast, who has subscribed to the podcast. We appreciate you guys making us part of your listening routine. We certainly enjoy doing this. If you want to throw a rating or a few shekels our way, just click in the link in the in the description of the podcast. We appreciate everybody who does that. Shout out to Shakewell for the music. We'll be back next week. Some notes and take some time. Almost a sign in shadow.